You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Good morning, traders and investors. Welcome to the number one morning show to get you guys ready for everything you guys need for the market open. Welcome to pre-market prep. Today, we got a great show. We're going to talk, of course, about Nancy Pelosi, overnight action. We'll get into Pinterest, Mosaic, Avis. Who's renting a car? I want to hear about it in the chat. If you rented a car in the last 12 months, let me know in the chat. Let's hear what you guys think. Caterpillar, uh, we'll go into Uber, BP, JetBlue, Royal Caribbean doing an upsize offering. We got Jeremy Shorts, uh, Chief Investment Officer at Wisdom Tree. And we'll talk a little bit about Cowan Group uh, being acquired by TD Bank. Let's go ahead. Let's dive on in and see today's action in none other than pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Let's bring on Joe Alconan and, of course, the futures action. What's going on overnight? And don't forget my man, Dennis Stick. Yeah, we're down. We're down 23 and three quarters handles, uh, 49675. Choppy session yesterday. The damage was minor yesterday, uh, but they decided right off that open, boom, 6 p.m. open. We don't want to hold the close. Took out Monday's low, took out Friday. Well, we haven't taken out Friday's low. That's going to be my bogey on the downside, 4081. Trying to get back in the 4100 handle. Uh, crude, big two-day drop. Holding on to 92.5, up 32 cents at 94.21. A uh, little fear in the market, a little gold. Up 840, 1796.10. Silver in the green, too, by six cents at 2042. Bitcoin, ah, down 90 bucks, 22,940. And Ethereum futures, they're down $33.50 at 1593. Well, uh, Triple D, uh, I know you got to get out of your, your bear cave there and uh, come on the show, but uh, good call from yesterday. We did test a lot of levels from Friday, we even got mm -hmm. over Friday's high. Not for very long. Couldn't hold the close. I guess, why aren't we down more, I guess, maybe would be the question. Oh, it's. I think we haven't even considered the repercussions of this visit. So we're very early. I mean, probably what's going to happen, again, you have this buy the dip mentality that's in there and everybody's got the FOMO going again. You got to break that again. So Pelosi, obviously, the reason we're down here is 100% the Pelosi visit. The reason, you know, that we went down at 6 o'clock is that's when the futures reopened. And during between 5 and 6, they came out that she was going to indeed visit Taiwan. It's supposed to be going there well, today. The, I got a question about that, of course. Yeah. Uh, Pelosi's visiting, of course. Uh, a lot of people are going to ask the question, will China retaliate? But I have a better question, I think. 
does the market even care about this visit, at least for the short term today being? It cares. It's down because it cares. I think you're going to see no immediate. I don't think the plane's getting shot down. I don't think that, you know, there's going to be an immediate response here. And I think when there's not an immediate response, the market will have another relief rally. So maybe, you know, a pause back up. If there is an immediate response, Katie bar the door, we're going down hard. I don't think there's going to be an immediate response, but there is going to be a response and it's going to be, you know, the cheese as much as Biden, uh, as you know, the Biden Chi call, as much as the U.S. wasn't going to back down from this visit, or at least Pelosi wasn't going to back down from this visit, she's not going to back down from his threats to Biden last week. So this completely, this hurts though China, whatever relationship we had left is very damaged now with China. So lots of, you know, different things. I think this could provoke China into going forward with the invasion quicker than they maybe even anticipated because it's pissed them off. So, I mean, this is just getting to a situation where, you know, you're going to have all Asia just basically hates, maybe that's already the case, but hates North America. So East versus West. I mean, you know, obviously we've already, you know, Russia situation is a whole nother level. North Korea is, you know, always a wild card. And now you got China and they're probably going to go through with this invasion. Taiwan semiconductors trading down here, buck 56. It's early. I wouldn't want to own anything in China. Yeah. I would definitely not want to own Taiwan Semiconductor at this point in time. I think an invasion, my own personal opinion, is probably going to happen. And I think Xi is going to take, you know, some actions against the U.S. as well for this visit. So whatever the case, whether you agree with the decision or don't agree with the decision, it's not good for your stocks. So I would say all rallies to be sold now, in my opinion. Um, you know, where I had the bull train going for a bet, it was a nice run. It's hard to build the bull scenario. I don't think, and the only scenario is B, there's no immediate response and the market just has a relief rally and maybe there's no response for the next couple of weeks and the market rallies into that. I guess that's a possibility, but it's still tough because there's going to be a response here eventually by China and the market's not going to like it. Definitely something that we need to all keep on watch is the tensions that are going on. I know that there, there was a midnight uh, kind of deadline for Biden to determine what was going on with the kind of the Trump administration. Um, of course, they put on those uh, kind of tariffs and he needed to review them to see if they were going to continue them. I think we'll hear a little bit more about that mentioned today. Just keep your eyes on if you hear Biden's going to speak on that. Um, something to keep on watch. Do those tariffs change? And maybe that's some way that we can sneak our way out of this. We'll see what happens. Let's go towards the social media stocks. Let's get out of uh this talk with Pelosi. Let's go to Pinterest here. Uh, just the EPS missing here and sales missing also, but you see it up, guys. So Pinterest here adjusted EPS at 11 cents, missing the 18 cent estimate. Sales at 666 million, missing the 673.66 million estimate. Uh, Pinterest reports Q2. 2022 global monthly active users down 5% year over year to 433 million. They see revenue growing in the mid single digits on year to year basis. And just to kind of state here, Elliott Investment Management announced that they are now uh, Pinterest's largest investor. Uh, thinking about it in the chat is set up perfectly. Bad reports saved by Elliott. That's, yeah, exactly that's exactly what it is. Yep. The report wasn't good. This wasn't any better than Snapchat. This stock here, this company, I would sell this pop in the stock. Um, and maybe it continues because this is the most forgiving market that I've ever seen in my 22 years career here now where, you know, we just buy stocks on bad earnings. The FOMO is fully rampant. And that's the bull case is that the FOMO just goes so rampant that it's just ignoring everything. Eventually, you know, bad news is bad news, though. This is not a great report. Is Elliot going to turn this whole company around? I don't think so. I think all Pinterest and Snap, they're all getting TikToked to death here. And that goes for Meta as well, which I have a small position in Meta, starter position. But, I mean, I look here, up 18%. It was a crappy report. And just because Elliot is all of a sudden the biggest shareholders, everybody's excited for the turnaround story. So, been oversold. It could continue to rally. I don't know if I'm necessarily coming in short it, but I think when the dust settles and we look at Pinterest from now, 
I think one year from now, I think Pinterest is a lot lower. Uh, I think, you know, it's not always just TikTok, though. I think it's also having a lot to do with what's going on in the change of data. Um, because if you look at Pinterest, always it's going to be a kind of platform that tracks a lot of cookie usage um, and tries to adjust their content towards the personal use, right? So uh, customized content there. I think this is where we're starting to see a change and it's not just in Pinterest. I think this is why you saw meta kind of change and focus on the metaverse is that there's gonna be a change in social media, more regulation coming in, more changes of control personal data. So in my eyes, yes, I still see downside. I'm not with Elliot. It's not cheap stock. I mean, none of these stocks are even cheap. I mean, yeah, okay, they were making earnings, but they're still not cheap. And I just don't see, I I, I don't see, and this is the way it's going to go forever in social media. It's going to be something, you know, everybody's cool, and then something else comes out, and something else comes out, you know, that's cooler yet. There'll be another TikTok that's cooler than TikTok. I mean, it's just the way this stuff goes. Pinterest is two years ago story. You know, this was this was you know exciting when my wife was sitting there at night and looking and you know, pinning stuff and doing different things. Don't do that. It goes on TikTok. So I just don't see the reason to jump in the stock. And maybe you know it's going to have a short squeeze. Maybe it's going to just continue to rally because it's up eighteen percent and everybody's you know thinking maybe some people are thinking the same lines as me and it's just a crowded trade to be bearish the stock, but. There's just other places I think that are maybe easier to put your money. Yeah, every uh, was there. Did they say anything good in the report? I mean, anything good? I mean, the all alley. I mean, so far these Elliott pops have been all just fantastic fades going back to Western. You know, as Great of point. late. Yeah, I mean, so definitely not buying it. Uh, if I was long, you know, you saw the pre, I looked at this, uh, after hours because I just wanted to see if there was any daily resistance here. Real, I mean, it just briefly touched 25. You backed off the pre-market high a buck. So you always want to see some, you know, if you get this kind of move, you want to see follow through, you want to see go up, take out the pre-market high yeah. right now. I'd be like, if I had this as long, I'd be like, boy, I hope I get a shot at 24. Because that seems where things have settled down uh, uh, after, um, you know, the 4 a.m. open was just above 24. But I think you might. I don't think this is just, this has held up long enough that I don't think this is going to give it back. I don't think so. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of wild cards here today, especially with this Pelosi visit, which could, you know, dictate moves in the overall market. But I I don't think, it's not like, it's held up pretty well. So I don't think this is just one that I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a, a given fade. Um, but I just can't get involved. I mean, you're buying companies on bad reports. Why don't buy stocks on good reports? I don't know. And, and for longer term, you know, the, these gap moves, if they hold them for a couple days, you know, and put in a couple lows, then a lot of times they continue higher. It's just, you know, it's just getting to that first two-day period. Stock was at 17 uh, to start last week. Now at, you know, now at 24 big gap up see if people are going to take some profits or they think they, they missed the bottom they're going to bid this you know above the gaps that's the way i'm looking at it longer term moving on typhoon's well, got it right move go. on nobody cares about pins i don't care about <laughs> pins either way better stock stay at home stock all right let's go to this another stock that reported after the close yesterday mosaic uh eps oh. here missing and sales missing three dollars and 64 cents missing the four dollars and one cent money, estimate sales at 5.4 billion missing the 5.65 billion estimate mosaic board of directors did approve a new two billion share repurchase authorization i mean these expectations as much as they were in the gutter for so many stocks, there, you know, anything to do with commodities, the expectations were just unreasonable on some of these stocks. And some of them even beat those unreasonable expectations and sold off on them. I mean, it's the inverse, you know, like the Valero, you know, blows it away and then sells off on the report. I mean, we're just in wacky world where, they, you know, the companies that have super high expectations, they wanted even more. And the ones that had expectations together, they didn't want anything at all. They just buy them no matter what. So it's been a very weird earnings season. Um, but it's been all about expectations. Uh, Mosaic, obviously not meeting those higher expectations. Everybody thinks this is as good as it gets, including myself. So, you know, I don't foresee this company making $10, $12 a share or whatever it works out to be. 
forever here or the thing you know is a steal of trading four or five times earnings they're in you know um just that they're in that right now in that environment where it's very these are cyclical businesses and they're at the top of the peak and is it going to come back in i think so not necessarily the stock price but i think the earnings are going to come back in with that being said the stock's been hit i mean you know really like you know you had the run from like 30 to, to 79 and you come back in Man, it came all the way back down to 42. I mean, some of these commodity stocks come down probably far enough from the highs that they start to get interesting again. Uh, for this one, if you are looking long term, I'd look at 47 and a half, 48. Uh, this was a you know pretty sustained uh, 10 point move off the low. Uh, put in the triple top at 52 and a half, and now you're back in. So I, you know, we're only we're not near that level now. We're still two bucks away from it, but. That's what I will wait for next couple of days. See if you can get it back, maybe under 48, 47 and a half, build a little base and then turn back up um, on the upside. If, and when this ever reverses, I mean, you got to love 52 and a half, three daily highs in a row there. Uh, that would be the key to more upside. But uh, if you felt, you know, you missed the move in this off the bottom, it'll be patient. Maybe I, be able to I, get I could it see buying the dip on a stock like this. I could see that happening. What about Uber? Because this is really the mover of the day. This is the stock Let's that go. everybody is talking about. Yeah. Oh, Uber. Let's go to Uber here. Coming in this morning, adjusted EPS missing big here. Loss of a dollar thirty-three, missing the estimate of a dollar six here. Uh, Uber Technology Q2 sales at eight point one billion, beat the seven point three nine billion estimate. Gross bookings were actually up thirty-three percent year over year, twenty-nine point one billion. EBITDA they see it at four hundred and forty million on the down on the low side. 470 million on the high side. Uber did report a net loss of 2.6 billion for the second quarter, 1.7 billion, which was attributed to investments and revaluations of stakes in Aurora, Grab, and Zomato. Nice pop. I mean, you're breaking out here on the charts too, which is the good news. Um, <laughs> was, I don't like uh, chasing stocks of 14%. The good did news you, is you're moving up. The bad news is the report was horrible. Yeah. What, what, you well, sure they must have re- found some reason. Like the revenue <laughs> The revenue was good. So maybe there was some one-time yeah, they, items in the earnings I think, or something. I, didn't, I think they're you know, taking the out that, that $1.7 of that net loss and they're calculating the stock from there, right? Yeah. Taking away that investment money understanding that that was just kind of like a write-off there for them. And if you take that away, it's not as bad of a net loss, but I mean, still. I, I agree here. with Donald Dave. It's all about the revenue with Uber and the revenue numbers were pretty decent. So that's why the stock's getting a big pop here. I mean, let's be honest here. It's Uber versus Lyft and Uber's kicking their ass. And they're going to like, Uber's the winner here. Uber is the big winner. It's not going to be the Lyft turnaround story. It's Uber is the big winner. Well, I think and, a, a lot of that is also Lyft doesn't have like Uber Eats, right? No, I know it's a huge mess. That's that's right there. Uber I Eats think. are huge. Yeah. So it, it I think I, I I actually like Uber. I think the company has run very well. It's always been valuation for me that has kept me out of this thing, um, and it probably keeps me out of it. But at a certain point, I think Uber. You know, I think Uber is a company that's going to be here for a long time. I think they're gonna. I think they're a smart management team, and they're gonna keep bringing preventing new cash flow methods here as well just like they came up with uber eats i mean there's going to be more um pass for cash flow here too so i love the company um i'd be a buyer of a pullback but i'm not buying anything right now with the whole china situation going on but with that being said you know i'm not going to chase a stock ever up 13 percent. so if you're in it before congratulations good stuff I mean, we're still in a bear market overall. It's hard to chase stocks. This stock is, is absolutely in nowheresville. Yeah, I that mean, too. Now I it know. is for sure. Uh, and I'll just, you know, the pre-market high is just above 28.50. And so basically, right as of right now, everything from this date on, from uh, May 4th is irrelevant, right? Because... We're right back up here. So I, my focus would be this candle here. That would fill the gap at 28.85. Uh, the close that day would be 29.40. The close on that day was 29.47. And your high was 30.59. So that if it if it's just going to go and just keep on going, then that's the candle. That's where I would, I would 
say 30 bucks. It's just right in the middle of it. Hard as to make a call here. Yeah. In the nowhere. It's no, I mean, this is, I, I can't believe these charts. I mean, the pins and the Uber and the reports and the there's price FOMO, action. Joel, the FOMO. FOMO you're fighting. The bears I, are fighting FOMO right now. They're full on fighting FOMO. I mean, what's that stock that everybody wants to talk about? Is it HKD or something like oh, that? Oh, good lord! Do you want to get on to that? We've gone into silly. Yeah, town. we're back. We're, we're back into silly town. We were back looking at this yesterday. Town. It's at, up another 158 points. It's 900 dollars. You know, like where is this party end? Who knows? We know how the story ends. The stock ends a lot lower, but we don't know where it ends. It goes thousand, two thousand, go anywhere. You look at it a month from now, and it's fifty bucks, and you're like, ah. Oh. So don't get stuck holding the bag. That's how this stuff usually goes. But we don't know where the party ends. You know, people probably thought the party was going to end two days ago, five hundred. And now it's 850. Just, just look at Wish if you think it's always going to end good. Well, all of these things. And what is this? Is this a social media? Is this a Reddit stock? I'm not even following the story on this. I'm not even this worried is the stuff about that, it. This is the stuff. I'm going to go on a rant right now. This is what this attracts is people. This is what attracts people you know, that aren't in the markets. They're like, oh, look Lambos. at this. You know, look how rich I can get. That's look called how the Lambo money trade. I can make. This is what attracts people. This is what suckers people. It's like, look how much money I can make. I buy this at 400. It makes 800. I'm going to get rich. I'm going to no, get out of no. all my you problems. You buy options, man. You make or, or $10 billion. Or this. And this is the exact opposite <laughs> of how you get rich in the stock market playing this kind of crap. I mean, uh, eventually, it's hard. It's hard. It's unpredictable. It's hard to call when the rug pull is going to happen. You know it's probably going to happen at a certain point in time. But even if you're playing it short and say, okay, this is just stupid. I'm going to short at $800. It goes to like yeah, 1500 yeah. or 2000 on you. And then you get, you know, no locates. Then you get bought in by your broker or something like that, if you can even get a locate on it. I mean, this is how this this stuff happens. This stuff is gambling, folks, gambling. And I'm not into gambling. I'm into risk aversion. That's why, why I'm a successful trader. It's not because I'm trying to make so much money or what can I make on this? It's why I'm looking at risk all the time, analyzing risk. This stuff is the riskiest stuff in the whole market. I'm not going and just pulling the, you know, the, the slot machine and or, or betting on red or throwing the craps dice. I'm like, it, it's just, it's, it's difficult to make money. Gambling is fun. You know, that's correct. M Smith, if you want to go into something like HKD and have some fun, but don't enter the stock with all your chips thinking you're going to get rich. And, you know, maybe you get lucky and you hit one the first one. And you're like, oh, I got this. But eventually the rug gets pulled on you and you lose yeah, a lot of money. you got to be really a, careful with this stuff. It's not only this one. Look, you can look at Rev yesterday. Rev was also uh, getting the Rev. Um the rev back on up. And so it's short squeezes all around. I saw it also uh, triple B Y. Um, they're just targeting a lot of these sh high short interest stocks. So you guys can see that pop yesterday. There's, they're just Wait, so where was these. this? This came from what though? Like it's this HKD. I don't even know the story. I've, I've I seen have no talking idea. about it, but I have not even taken the time to read the story. So is this like a Reddit stock or is it other people on social media? Is this a pump <laughs> and dump? What is this? Do we know? Um, Who's promote? Is this a promotional stock? I don't. I don't know. Well, if, if you look into it, you're going to see. Uh, I mean, if you don't it, know. Mitch, just, just say you don't know too. It's fine. Yeah, don't it's know. Just, I don't know. It's one of those things that let's just let's be honest. You're not going to get an answer of why this stock is going up that high. I, I assume there's somebody on social media pumping it. It has to be. It has to be social media. It has to be short squeezes. Um, but it could also be, you know, some some bigger trader trying to, you know, get a lot of attention onto this stock. So I'm going to go on the side of caution and say something I'm going to stay away from today in the market. You won't, probably won't see me trade HK, HKD today unless I want to have a KID, but uh, I'll, What's I'll pass What's the AMTD on that. story? This is another one that's going here, too. You know, oh, you guys want to talk this. We can give it two minutes in the sun here. All right. It's up 430%. I have no idea what the hell this is, either. Which one are you talking Black about? one's on CNBC. Um, AMTD, which is the old Ameritrade. It was a cool ticket. Wait a second. You guys are day. confusing the heck out of me, because the HKD symbol is AMTD Digital. Is this why this one of these companies related? Maybe these companies AMTD, are related. AMTD, I have a group American. AMTD is the mother company, sure. apparently. Why didn't uh, yeah, this take off mother. sooner? Why did this I, one take so long? Man, we should talk about this yesterday if they're related. Yeah. I obviously, these two companies. I, again, we know nothing about this story. <laughs> yeah, that's so we're really dumb talking about it. I just tell I know, you the stuff is 
is this is above you know this is above uh, my pay grade i'll tell you that i don't need i, I mean, don't is, need to trade this stuff is is d is uh td ameritrade getting into digital marketing or something i mean there's I, no td ameritrade around. left here in this. <laughs> i know i know uh, yeah let, let, let's let's move on if you guys yeah. it, it shows where we are in the cycle it shows like stuff, moves like this tell us that we're yeah. getting into the FOMO again, where people are like, oh, let's get into this or let's this is moving. You've got enough people that are have the fear of missing out happening again that all of a sudden you start getting these ridiculous pops and these stocks. And to your point, you were just making Mitch Bed Bath and Beyond had a pretty good day yesterday. Um, you know, AMC didn't really do much, but it started going up a little bit yesterday. I mean, you're starting to see that. Does that mean these things are going to blast off? No, I, I don't know. It depends. You know, they, they can continue. <laughs> they can do anything. I mean, again, these stocks are unpredictable. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's move on. Let's go to the next earnings stock here. We're getting out of Uber. Let's go and take a look at some oil. Let's go to BP here. Which will already be priced in because it's been trading in Europe for the last five hours. So you're kind yep. of seeing where it wants to be. Um, give us the report. Well, EPS coming in here at a beat, $2.61, beating the $2.10 estimate. Sales at $67.86 billion, beating the $58.73 billion estimate. BP to execute $3.5 billion buyback prior to Q3 results, and BP raising dividend to 0.06. Um, issues Q3 guidance flat, uh, at least for Q3. But I think that's pretty interesting with that 3.5 uh, buyback and the dividend raise. 30 um, bucks is where it hit. 30 looks good on the dailies. As Dennis said, a lot of this has uh, been priced in. Uh, just a word of caution here. The way these uh, these oil stocks have been trading, of course, we know what happened with Valero. Uh, Exxon Mobil, you know, wow. We're like, wow, that day we were totally wrong on Friday. That thing just ripped off its report. Oil yeah. week yesterday gives it back. So uh, maybe, you know, maybe you get another day of ripping in it and then it, uh, then you get a little bit That's of a what they back. do, Joel. That's what they do. They rip and then they think that they're going to give it back, but they rip them again just to screw everyone. And then they pull the rug out on day two or three. So that's what they do. I mean, the ExxonMobil is a perfect example. You know, it rips and then it rips again. You're like, oh, wow, here we go to 100. And then they pull the rug up. So I mean, uh, I, I, I'm still in the, the, still in the bull camp here because uh, even Goldman stepping up to the plate yesterday and putting $130 uh, barrels out there uh, price. So the China Goldman situation could back. change it. I mean, we could that, that doesn't hurt oil. So that doesn't hurt oil, the whole, you know – Obviously, and we're taking it back to Pelosi visit, which you know we only spent five minutes well, on. Which we, we could, we could take it to inflation. <laughs> we could take it. In inflation you could take it because... to a lot of things. You could take it to a lot of things. But I just you know, we're going to have breakdowns with China, and I think that supply chains could get messier. I think a lot of issues could happen here. It's probably inflation. all good for oil, to be honest. So I could I could get talked into oil stocks here with the with the. With the situation, yeah, but if everything's breaking down here, if everything's breaking down here and China's locking down for you know, uh, you know, when someone has a few sniffles, I don't know if uh, they're going to be using a whole lot of oil. So, if everything's breaking down, recession, war with China, I mean, I don't know, it depends on you if you're going into political war, you're going to go into like a like a war war, (laughs) so that depends too. I mean, they're all they're all going to kind of play into it. I also one thing that I'm keeping in mind is will we see inflation peak in the CPI data coming up in next week, Friday? Um, and then after that is oh, next week, Wednesday. After that, one thing that I'm going to be looking for is do we get all of a sudden a new wave of oil prices coming up? And then all of a sudden inflation isn't peaked and it just took a kind of momentary dip. That's what I'm starting to get concerned about. Um, We'll see what happens. Let's get to JetBlue Airways now. Uh, Let's take a look at this after, of course, the saga uh, finishing with Spirit Airlines. But the EPS coming in here at a loss of 47 cents, missing the loss of expected at 11 cents. Sales at 2.4 billion, missing the 2.46 billion estimate. JetBlue Airways CEO did say, though, I'm very pleased that we found the path forward with Spirit and that we can't wait to welcome their incredible 10,000 team members to JetBlue. 
Huge support at eight bucks. That's the it. report's crappy. Yeah. It's pulled back, but you got big support, and they're into buying the dip right now. So I'm I'm not going to argue with you if you're buying the dip. You know where you're out is low of the move seven eighty seven. Maybe it sneaks through there just to hit some stops. But I I mean a lot of you know I, I think long term I think that you, a lot of the airlines are in a world world of hurt here. But I think short term right now FOMO is still in this market and they're looking to buy the dip. So and you got huge support here. So I'm not going to argue with support at eight. And then I'll just give you the resistance. I mean, the close eight fifty nine, and then there's also a bunch of highs up, you know, from from eight fifty to eight seventy. So looks like it's uh, been in a little bit of a range, and doesn't look like it's going to shake out of shake out of this range off earnings. All right. So I have the question. I threw it up at the beginning of the show: Is have you guys rented a car in the first twelve months or the first eight months of this year? Let me know in the chat. Have you guys rented a car? Because Avis budget coming in here, EPS at $15.94, beating the $11.46 estimate. Monster beat there on the EPS. Sales at $3.24 billion, beating the $3.19 billion estimate. How is this possible? Budget group. Uh, I just think that we're going to take away that, that middle part where it's just going to be Avis Group. Take away the budget, because there ain't no budget here, baby. Yeah, don't expect How is this possible, like, that they're making this much money just suddenly? I mean, two years ago, they're making a buck a share, and now they're making 15 bucks a share. How? What What has happened here? Is it just like that they just can't get rental car? People are paying anything? Have the prices of the rental cars increased this much? I don't get it. Like, I I'm and I, I obviously don't follow the story that closely either. I'm a trader, so I'm following, you know, 6,000 stories. So I'm never following any story in intricate detail here. But how do they all of a sudden, you know, the COVID crisis just make them go from making a buck a share to $16 a share? What What's up? <laughs> People are, have you been to an airport lately? And have you, uh, have you seen the lines for the, the rental cars? I mean, that's it. Uh, it's kind of, kind of thin. It's Uber, OPs yeah. is Ubers are, are running their cars too. So when do we do oh, really? that? That, that, that's it. Postman says the same thing. So that's why we ask your chat because the chat follows all the stories. You know, we're three people and then we got 3,000 people are, that are smart in the chat that know the stories here as well. I learned so much from the chat. Legally? People ask why I do the show. Can you people even do ask, that legally? What's that? I don't think insurance will be covering you. If you I don't know, but I bet, a car two people said it. it. I bet they're right. For car sharing. I bet they're right. Um, just look into all the risk. <laughs> Either way, $16 a share. Holy mackerel. I mean, this company just makes a pile of money. I don't know if that continues for the foreseeable future, but I don't want to be short the stock when they make that kind of money. <laughs> yeah, well, I, it's all over that. I mean, it's this spotty trades all over the place. So I'll just give you what the pre-market high is. Cause you've backed off on that. Uh, 195. I would use that as a parameter on the upside. And then on the downside, I, I could see some buying interest if this came down to under 187 because you had a pair of, uh, pair of highs there, 186.30, 186.83. Uh, and this has had two crazy runs. Uh, the first run, obviously, when it went to 550. And then uh, not too long ago, it did that pop over 300. But it doesn't seem like people are falling for it as much. This, I mean, they like to report it's up eight bucks, but... It doesn't. It looks like there's a lot of people saying, "Hey, I, I'm going to sell this at a at a higher price." Also, consider this for the fact that uh, it bottomed last week at one forty six thirty four. So, if you were playing this into the report last week, you're being handsomely rewarded. I was saying, um, and and obviously we started going on a tangent there, but why I do the show, and the main reason I do the show is because I learn so much from all the other participants who are in here in the chat. You know, obviously we learn from some of our guests, from our co-hosts, but the main thing is this chat is really smart. They know a lot of different things and they bring us trading ideas. So I feel like I'm more informed by just doing this show. Obviously I'm one person with certain ideas. I'm, you know, me, I trade like the S and P 500 stocks. I don't trade all this other stuff. So by me coming in, I get different trading ideas or I'm seeing what's happening out there. You get a better feel for what, you know, some other people are thinking or what even the masses are thinking. So, you know, there's so much information gained from our chat. A lot of smart people in the chat. And we really, Dennis, we have the smartest spots on wall street. 
That There's not very did. many bots in there, Chad. I don't think. Do you think there's bots in there? You, Joel thinks everybody's a bot. He's like with Musk. And I'm a I, bot. I highly doubt there's. <laughs> I don't think there's any bots. Oh, Dennis! There's not you very many. You can just tell by the. Mitch, the what do you, do you think there's a lot of bots in her chat? Do you think these messages are bots? Like Joel can't decipher yes! what a bot message is. Who's a bot in there right now? Tell me who's a bot. Stack says he's a bot. I Ek says he's a bot. <laughs> Thinking about it, says he's a bot now. Pavel Joel, says he's a bot. Joel's Joel is like, so paranoid of Joel's bots. Joel's on the Elon Musk. A bot. He's no, on the Elon Dennis, Musk. Right you got to follow like the the path <laughs> of the questions and the stuff that they ask. They're not you. that smart, Joel. The oh yeah, they are. Oh yeah, look, they're the very bots smart. Are here. They they're going to probably look at Hertz, the <laughs> relationship, <smart>. guys. <laughs> hey, relationship. I'm telling you, these beep boop. They're all bots. You're right, Joel. Everyone's a bot. You see, Nick's wife's a bot. Even everybody's a bot. <laughs> Look at them all; they're all bots, Joel. They're I confirmed. Bots is the Terminator. They're confirmed, man. <laughs> they, we have totally went off the rails here, Mitch. You've got yeah, to now we have one. Now right. Bring the guest on. Hurts. Check the, hurts the guest before. is probably a bot too. The guest <laughs> oh, is probably Jeremy. a bot too. I don't believe oh, it. I think Lord. the guest is a bot as well. So bring on the guest. We know. We know Schwartz is a bot as well. All right, guys, I'm going to get off of that. Definitely also check out Hertz. We'll see how that relationship trades. Uh, let's get to our guest today. We got Jeremy Schwartz here, Chief Investment Officer at Wisdom Tree. He might have run away because of that rant, but let's bring him on. What's going on, Jeremy? How are we doing? My best bot impression. I don't know. Beep. <laughs> Jeremy, beep, beep, beep. Jeremy's definitely a bot. You can just see it. You know, he's a bot. This seems the way he's. I've always around. aspired to be a bot. <laughs> so, Jeremy, uh, you've done interviews over the over the years. How's that uh, for being in the green room and uh, having to come on and uh, and talk about investments? But uh, we got a lot going on here. I guess just overall, like uh, a muddled macro picture here, but. The market's rallied. I mean, we've had a, a nice rally. You could classify it, you know, is yes. a is a you know a bear market rally. Uh, the worries about inflation, I mean, oh, not a big deal right now. Uh, Q2 earnings season. I think I think the street is being pretty kind to some of these companies. Uh, so just uh, just give us your your big picture. Well, I'm surprised by how much bond yields have fallen, um, you know, and I think so much of the market has been trading off of the bond market. Uh, you know, when you, you saw the Fed aggressively hiking rates, the 10 year uh, moved up significantly. We got up to 350 on the 10 year. We're back at 250. Um, and, you know, people have been saying you could say maybe they're worried about the recession. Are we in recession? How deep is recession going to get? Um, and and. I think that, you know one of the big things is people weren't prepared for how hawkish the Fed was going to have to be coming into the year. I mean, I, in December they were only expecting three hikes. And we just had two back-to-back -back meetings with three hikes. So you know the pe people were completely not forecasting right, and I am worried now the for next year people are, are expecting them to start cutting rates so aggressively, and 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 I'm not so sure. Um, you know, I think the narrative yeah. is that there's a question of what they should do and what they will do. Uh, and we would say they should, you know, they they should actually inflation is going to start coming down. And so we'd be on the view that they probably don't have to do as much. But the narrative from the Fed, you're going to start seeing more speakers come out today. You had Kashkari come out on Friday and over the weekend start saying we still have a lot of work to do. Um, you know, so the, I think the market might be getting ahead of itself, forecasting this more aggressive cutting scenario for next year. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, 
and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Wow, okay. I, I agree too. I mean, we go from a like a hawkish fed, you know, grades are going up a stick every meeting, and then you know, all of a sudden it's uh it you know, it's like okay, yeah, and I'm looking at the TLT here. I mean, this has had just a epic collapse. I'm looking at the TLT on the monthly 180 to under 110. So there's all you know, there's always there's always counter moves, and we're gonna we can see that. Uh, yeah. What about the? I mean, I, I know it's hard. You're you're uh, you know you're a fundamental guy, and you know you look at the numbers. I mean, how do you factor? You know what's going on in uh, you know China, Russia. I mean, you don't hear anything about Russia. You don't hear anything about the war in Ukraine, and now we got this thing popping China. How do you how do you factor these things in that there's really almost impossible to factor in? Yeah, the politics is a lot of noise going on in Asia now. Um, And I think when you you go through all these headlines, like why was China putting pressure on Pelosi publicly to say they don't want her to visit without knowing that, of course, that's going to make it much more likely for her to visit. So I have a very pretty cynical take of what's going on there, that they actually wanted her to visit. They wanted to have this pomp and circumstance that they could then present this strong thing of this you know, Pelosi's coming, we've got to do our show of military strength and and sort of take distractions off of what's going on within China with COVID zero and all sorts of other economic slowdowns there. So I, I feel like it's all a distraction um, and, and people trade on that. Now, of course, there could be some kind of nobody thought, you know, you had all these Russian troops building up in Ukraine and people didn't expect them to actually invade. And then they invaded and, and you know, could say there's this outlier risk that all of a sudden some kind of thing happens. And we find ourselves in a in an Asian war, and that, of course that could happen, um, but I think it's it's more likely that it's all just a a show and force to, to bring this this distraction. Um, but that that's obviously a key issue for emerging markets for Asia generally. All right, so we just recently got a nice rally back on up of a lot of worrying starting to come on in. Is this more of a point in time where we should be looking for pullback opportunities? or maybe a rip to sell into and looking to see what goes on in the uncertainty? Well, you know, at at the start of the year, we said it was going to be all about adjusting for the new Fed reality. Uh, And then I think they started factoring in the Fed right, and now it's all about earnings. And earnings have come in pretty strong, you know, relatively speaking. You know, there was pretty subdued expectations in terms of there's like the numbers and then there's the whisper numbers you know what are the analysts expecting and then how bearish were people positioning coming into the earnings and you, and you see an earnings report that's not so gangbusters and the stocks rally big time on the news and, and you say well man the people were really expecting it even in far worse um now I, I'm actually from my opening comments I'm actually starting to worry that people are 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 maybe miscalculating what the Fed's going to do next year. Um, and so I, I will be keeping our eyes closely on what does the Fed say? Do they over tighten us as inflation's coming down? And because the official numbers aren't coming down, but the forward looking numbers are that they way over tighten uh, what, what's actually necessary. So I'm, I'm, I'm where I was starting to worry just about earnings. Now it's coming back to, will the Fed actually pivot appropriately uh, in our view? Um, and is the market right that they will start to come down? Uh, it, 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 it's at least the latest commentary seems to be not. All right. So go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry, Mitch. All right. So one of the things that I'm really keeping a close eye on is I do feel that, you know, maybe CPI next week will come in, you know, showing inflation peaking a little bit, but my concern really comes into energy going into winter. Um, I know that Goldman put out $130 a barrel yesterday, I think that we're going to get another spike in energy and that could cause inflation to come back roaring. Do you feel that we're going to get kind of this peak and then inflation also come back up? Or do you feel that inflation's peaked and starting to turn away? The energy is one that there's like these, these, you've got Ed Morris from City, who's the most bearish oil forecaster. Like he's got the outlook in the 60s and then you've got these <laughs> super spike people. I'm more in the camp of, 
seeing the usefulness for energy and commodities as diversifiers. If you say, like, what are one of the key risks to your standard 60-40 stock bond mix? I think commodities and energy are one of the best things you could add. There's The stocks are still cheap. You see the cash flow numbers from Exxon and Chevron. They're, they're printing money. Um, and you could say, you know, there's been just a lack of capital expenditures coming into the space. And and demand tends to be pretty resilient, even in face of recession. So I, I happen to like the energy and commodity story, um, but I, that, that's definitely one of the, the big debates in the market right now. But, but I like energy. We're on the line with Jeremy Schwartz. He's the Global Chief Investment Officer at Wisdom Tree ETFs. Uh, so I'm looking at uh, your, your forthcoming, your edition six of uh, yes. stocks for the long run. So... Uh, let's. I know you updated the charts. Tell us a little bit. This is a, uh, the sixth edition coming out, so you've been doing it for a while. Talk about you know where you're obviously doing this with Jeremy Siegel. Talk about some of the stocks in there and uh, that provide good long run uh, after you know during an inflationary environment. I'm sure everyone like to know what some of these stocks are. So September, it's, it's late September is when the book is coming out. So I've been working with uh, the doctor at Wharton for the last 21 years. Um, you know, I, my first project with him was the third edition of Stocks Run Run that came out in 2002. Um, and I was just one of his young research analysts at Wharton, one of his undergrads, and helped him. And we've been, we've been working together for 20 years. He joined Wisdom Tree as a senior advisor back in 2004 when they were getting funding. And, and I've been there 17 years now. So it's been a long time with the, the doctor and, and with Wisdom Tree. This is my first time, uh, you know, we're, I'm going to be a co-author on the book. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, updating a lot of his original work on just the long-term case for stocks as a real asset. But we talk a lot about the challenges of bonds looking forward and, um, you know, the very low real returns. I mean, the, as, as the 10-year has collapsed, the tips bonds are getting close to a zero real return again. And, you know, what do you do uh, if you're trying to build long-term allocations? We talk about the, you know, the, the, the sort of new 60-40 is like a 75-25 um, is one of the baselines. Um, we talk uh, in, in our own work at Wisdom Tree, we've been adding, the, again, those commodities as diversifiers because of the inflationary pressure. But uh, it, there's there's a lot of new sections, some on the COVID pandemic, some on the ultra low case for bonds and why those are going to be challenged going forward. A bunch on value. Um, there's sort of four chapters on different factor investments and what, what's what's happened in value. Uh, is it sort of talking, is value dead? And our, our short answer is, is no, it, it's not dead. Um, but uh, there is definitely a, uh, a longer exploration of what's been going on in, in, in those type of stocks. All right, and uh, and how's uh, Mr. Siegel feeling here about uh, about this rally? I know he's uh, he's frequently on CNBC. Yeah. If he's is he still, I mean, I know he was out in front of uh, you know the inflation, and I think the last time I heard him, uh, he. Uh, was mentioning that, hey, you know, he feels like the Fed's making the right moves here. How's he posturing here uh, is, you know, looking at this recent rally. And we do a, a podcast every week called Behind the Markets. It's okay. uh, on Sirius Radio. It's a great discussion. This latest podcast was we had the former Fed vice chair, Don Cohn. And this is one of the things that's getting me, you know, worried. And, and Siegel was was hammering. Uh, Siegel doesn't; <laughs> he gets very fired up. Uh, and and he was, you know, telling Cone he last year he was on the aggressive for hiking, and now he's on the well. They don't need to do as much. And Cone is getting more worried about inflation. The tables completely flipped. Where Cone from the Fed was not as worried about inflation. Now he's worried about inflation. This is where the narrative can be. If Cone is as the former vice chair, reflective of the inside Fed thinking that, you know, Cohen thinks you're going to have to get to 4%, that they're going to stay higher longer. That's the worry um, that they're more in line, that the Fed's more in line with Cohen than they are Siegel. Siegel would like them to not do as much. He thinks inflation is going to ultimately come down. Uh, and the sort of money supply numbers, which were a key worry back then, three or four times growing at their historical rates, they've now contracted over the last four months and you don't want them to contract. So that's a worrying sign for the economy. It's, it's, it's the forward looking inflation indicators have come way down. Um, and so okay. that, that comes back to that key debate. If the Fed pivots, we're in good shape. If not, 
then you've got more to worry about. Jeremy, isn't this just take time, though? To, like When you raise rates, it's not like it has an immediate impact on the consumer. Right. It takes time to basically destroy demand, which is what the Fed is really trying to do to fight inflation. Because like I was saying, there's a process with it all. You know, first, you know, people have like excess money that's going to be gone and they sell their toys. Then, you know, all of a sudden they rack up the credit card debt. I mean, it takes time to really destroy demand. And everybody's expecting, you know, like even Kramer's on CBC, just raise it a point and get it over with. I don't think that's the case. I think it just takes time. I think it's like six months to a year to really destroy the demand. So maybe they've already done enough damage. They've raised rates enough. So I think I'm on your side where, yeah. you know, now I think just let it, let it fizzle, let it, let it, it do through. its work. Yeah, yes. let it work its way through. Right. And so that's the, we got we to watch how, and at least he said they're going to go meeting by meeting. So he's not boxing himself in. Um, I mean, you saw how quickly it changed where he had been saying, we're going to just do 50-50. We don't need to do 75. And all of a sudden they do two 75s in a row. Um, and and so let's see. I mean, let, let's see if they see continue to see these forward-looking indicators continue to stay low. You have Siegel in their ear all the time saying you don't need to do as much. Uh, and 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 it's not like he's a permanent uh, dove. He was calling out being extra hawkish. So I think he has a lot of credibility on this one. Um, and, and we'll see uh, how they evolve. Well, thank you. Like always, Jeremy Schwartz, Chief Investment Officer at Wisdom Tree. Love to have you on and appreciated you come in and bring in some talk on the Fed. Appreciate it, Mitch. Thank, thank you. you. All right. All right, guys, let's go ahead. Let's get back to it here. Uh, we do got uh, about like one more, two more headlines to cover. Can, can we uh, go to ticker time after that too? Because we have, we've been slacking on the ticker time and I'm feeling a lot of tickers coming out of this chat today. So yeah, do, do your Dennis, next headline. Dennis, Dennis, let's do it. Dennis Just do your next headline. The, do, you, the do, do one more and then we'll get All right, it. so real quick one. Let's do Royal Caribbean really quickly. Yeah. Upsize 1 billion <sighs> debt offering. Um, so you guys can take a look at that following the suit of Carnival. What did I say when Carnival did it? Well, look for the other two to kind of do this, yeah. right? Why wouldn't they? Um, and so, boom, there you guys see it. Royal Caribbean announcing upsize $1 billion offering. And they already got hit on the Carnival offering. So everybody kind of knew that you know, the other ones are probably going to do it as well. The cruise lines are a mess. I mean, the yeah. one thing going for them is you got this buy the dip mentality and people are looking for which stocks haven't gone yet. So that mentality could ones. actually get <laughs> what's that Mitch? I need some cheap ones. Well, I know that's what they're looking. So, I mean, that's why I don't just think it's a slam dunk short here. Um, I more look at, you know, there's support down here. So you're still kicking around support on these things. If FOMO's still hot. And they keep ignoring, you yeah. know, the whole China situation, which maybe the markets is going to climb this wall of worry for a bit. Um, stocks like this are, are hard to short. I think there's been stuff that's run. I'd be more apt to sell the stuff that's been running and running because there's more air below. I mean, there's air below on all these things. And, you know, in the long run, I think the cruise line's got a lot of problems. So I'm not an investor here, but you never know that the dip buyers come in. So I'm not going to short these stocks either. No, but, uh, you know, if I got a call from, you know, one of my uh, uh, money managers and said, hey, got an allocation, I can get you some, uh, you know, some uh, debt for one of these companies, I would say pass, pass. on that. Hard yeah, pass. I, yeah, it would pass on that. I mean, you want these are the stocks you cheer for. These are the stocks you want to see get off the ground. But CCL, I mean, we're back. We're just we're hanging out near, you know, just above the COVID low. I mean, that that's just. Uh, not a good sign had the rally now they need to raise more money oh, i don't know just not a they're gonna right, keep having right. to raise money yeah. all these companies have got a lot of struggles they got higher fuel costs they got higher input costs got higher labor costs Cost. they've had pretty good sales so the sales are going to start to come in as per mm -hmm. jeremy schwartz on there eventually the demand destruction will occur people when they start getting tight for cash aren't going on fancy trips so what? that's coming Future demand. People book their trips. They're already booked. <laughs> They've gone on their trips. They're going on their trips. They're not going to cancel, but they may not book those future trips. So that's all what right. a recession is all about. These stocks are the opposite of recession-proof. We'll see what happens there. Cowan coming in here, financial service firm uh, rallying after being acquired by TD for $39 a share, $1.3 in cash. Um, or $1.3 in cash. So here you guys seeing it up in the pre-market. 
I believe his Wall Street Journal broke this about three weeks ago, and you can see this yep. when the stock gapped up from twenty-four dollars to thirty dollars. I'm sorry if it wasn't Wall Street Journal. I think it was though. I'm pretty sure you're right. I, there. I, I think it was, and obviously this one did come to fruition here. So stock goes out the board, thirty-nine bucks, thirty-eight twenty. So that's your time value of money in there. I don't see any, you know, any trust issues or anything like this happening here. So this will go through, in my opinion. So you got eighty cents sitting there. It's your time value of money or your risk that the deal doesn't go through, but there's a high probability this one's going through. All right. Well, we'll see what happens there. Let's get to some ticker time. Ticker time. It's time for the tickers on out there. Um, one that I've been watching come back a little bit was Roku. I'll see tickers fall on through there. Uh, here's one. Let's, let's do phase. Phase here. I just want to give some background. Uh, this is a SPAC um, eSports has been pushing there has been some of these spac plays kind of ripping kind of going roof. again yes um one of them yesterday was getty just keep this one on watch does this one spe- have a specific catalyst and why it's up here i would say not here but uh of course you can see that the volatility on this stock when it's coming from 15 down to 10 and then right back up there to 14. i'm just going to leave that those with mitch because mitch was obviously spacks tack for a long time that's yeah. his specialty so i'm not even going to try to do analysis on these mitch has got it yeah there's a couple more that i could talk about but i'll talk about them on live trading where they're probably sure. better mentioned uh let's get to uh another one here i see let's do this one's interesting qsr i haven't talked about this for a while yeah that's why i was saying that we haven't talked about this one in a while yeah, coming up, restaurant brands. I mean, you got major resistance point here, 55. Um, just psychological. I'm just looking at the chart here. You kind of got like an inverse head and shoulders thing going on there. If you look at that top right chart on your screen right now, um, you know, I can see and they're breaking about the neckline. So it kind of looks like it wants to break out a little bit here. Um, I don't know. It's, that's a tough chart. I, I Yeah, I it's would kind say of just had its move already, though. That's the problem. You know, It filled a gap that it had, 5508. It filled yeah. that gap yesterday, right? Getting uh, uh, getting to 5508, matched the gap, you know, exactly. So it's pausing a little bit. I can't really, you know, say that we're going to blast through this bar right here because that was an ugly bar, but – I think what you want to see like longer term is, you know, it had a big move up, maybe a couple days of consolidation, make some lows, 53 yeah. and a half, 54, and then mount, you know, another rally. So I, I'd, I'd be looking for a couple days of consolidation in this and then a close over 55 and holding that for a couple days to confirm another leg higher. The Roku dip got bought too. It wasn't just yeah. Kathy, the market. I mean, we're getting into this, is this situation where they're just buying everything now. And Walmart, obviously, you know, the dip got fully bought, filled the gap entirely mm-hmm. here. I mean, if you're shorting the stocks and the gap downs, it's the absolute wrong thing to do. The fade trade, even in both directions, Joel, the fade trade just continues to work in 2022. The fade trade's just, you know, when you get a extreme move one way, you're shorting if it's up and you're buying if it's down. And it's been working in 2022. Obviously, we know sell the rip was working a little bit better. But buy the dip, it's fully back on and taking over sell the rip here. Um, you know, which is the reason why, you know, if this whole China situation wasn't happening, this Pelosi situation, I'd still be rah-rah in the bull camp. But I'm scared of this whole situation. Maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe it's going to blow over. Maybe it's nothing. I don't think it's nothing. If you're Um, scared, if you're scared, what are you going to think about AMD tonight? um, I sold half of my AMD. So I sold half. I sold the stock that I bought. I just recently had bought more. We know that back at 76. I sold those shares. So I still have other shares, still have half the position here. Um, but it's come a long ways. It's been a huge move. I don't want to take it through earnings and then there's some disappointment or something happens. I think AMD is still a good company. I still want to own a piece of it. So I didn't sell it all. But I bought extra stock when I felt like the market was turning. This was at the beginning of July. I almost got near the bottom on that. And yeah, those are the good. shares that I sold, the extra stock. Boy, big run into the report. So they just better blow things away. I think uh, longer term, you just, you know, 100 was the bottom for so long, right? It had all these monthly lows here, bounce, bounce, bounce. And then, Major resistance. Yeah, 
Yep. So that's that's what I'd be looking for. You know, it, uh, a pop on a report. The easy money's been made in AMD, so that's why you know part of me wanted to sell the whole thing. I'm like, ah, I still like the company. I want to have a little bit of a piece of it at least. You know, which was the original reason for buying it. The second the reason I bought more was. I honestly was just buying stocks. We know that three weeks ago because I felt like this market was, the sentiment was just in the gutter. That's when I bought Square. I bought Marvell. I bought AMD. I bought more IWM. I bought a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm up in all that stuff. That, you know, obviously I've been wrong, you know, on buys before, but, you know, in all those purchases, they were good. I sold my Marvell. I sold part of my AMD. Wanted to sell my Square, and I'm like, oh, I still like the Square story. PayPal reports tonight. What are you doing? Yeah, uh, what are you doing with your Disney? Oh, Disney was long. not looking at it. Disney. I, but you know, if it was on for a trade, Joel, I think I would probably. It's been a good move, ninety to one hundred six. If I had this on for a trade, I'd probably think about ringing the register in this one hundred six to one ten area, just because come back and if we go into a recession, which you know it's highly likely we're going into if we're not already in it, it's not great for Disney. But I stuck that in there with the you know the thought process that this was real long term hold, like you know not like there's certain ones that you're kind of like tradey long term. And there's some that you just believe in 10 years from now. I think Disney's higher. I think the valuation's reasonable. I think they figure it out. So um, so I'm sticking with my Disney. But there's other stocks. Like I said, I'm raising up cash again. So I'm nervous about the China situation. I sold more stocks yesterday, bringing my cash portion of my long-term portfolio back up, not to 55 maybe again, but it's slowly climbing here again. So you know, if we get another rally here today, for whatever reason, I'll probably use that opportunity to sell more stocks. All right, I see uh, Rad in the chat. Question on Rad. Right, Aid. Is that still stock? Right, Aid, man. It's still Rad, around, bro. Eh? Never goes it's away. Rad, bro. Oh, Come yeah. On. And you know what? When they start, the Dash for Trash is on yesterday, Joel. Like Bad Bath and Beyond. Oh, yeah. The stock not to be named live on the show. <laughs> right, Aid, R A D. I mean, this is, you know, H- the dash for trash H-D-K. is on. This is typical. This is known when FOMO has spread, when they start dashing for the trash. Yep. Right aid, trashy stock. That's the kind of stock. Who said like it was right a now. who said this was a zero? I bet you if you go back and look in Oh, there was somebody that someone said, somebody said, said it was a zero. zero. Yeah. I don't know. Do any stocks go to zero? Even when they go bankrupt, they don't seem to go to zero. I think it was uh Mitch, if you have your pro up, maybe uh May 26th, maybe so they said yeah. this was going to zero. Who do you think that was? Oh, I can't. I think was it UBS or somebody? Like an you... analyst came out and said this is a zero. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard. Stocks don't go to zero even when they go bankrupt, they seem to hold <laughs> on. So it's hard to say stocks to zero. Can it go under a buck? Maybe you should say stock under a buck is like zero. So it's got the zero handle on it. Which is this change is not going to zero, it's going to a zero handle. That's because that's handle. what they do. And then they go bankrupt and then they start rallying sometimes, like hurts. Well, so I, I, don't I, know. I took a shot on this company. So, full disclosure, I am taking my shot. I've talked about this way before. So, it's not like I'm trying to really just talk up the book. But Are you long, Rad? No, I went DraftKings, baby. Are I you went long DraftKings draft and long. Penn yesterday those are the two that i took i'm still in pen um, bag holding pen forever um oh Jeff, all right hey i'm gonna let Jeff you guys set up okay i gotta hop here that's kind of oh, okay, go, joel hopping for us hopping i just tell you pen real quick i didn't look at the draft mitch and i discussed this yesterday the pen setup looks more interesting to yeah me they both than, look than, the same than, yeah gotta the, the get same. up there get above 35 resist resistance is resistance until it's broken 35 draft oh, thank you and we'll say like 14 always. and a half on 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 DraftKings and and on the pen thirty five. Those are the big numbers, but they're trying. They're trying. They're trying. They're I, trying, I, man. We'll see what happens with this one. I think it, important to mention, right? The fourth is yeah. the first preseason game, so Thursday you'll see a lot of mention in the N- about the NFL. And with that being mentioned, I think you're going to see a lot of promo action. Yeah. We'll see what happens, right? Uh, let's get through that. Um, done with out the kind of stocks out of time. But I do want to kind of mention, I didn't get a chance to mention with Dennis and Joel, but Dennis, I passed the first exam, CMT. I'm working my way, nice, baby. Mitch. Congratulations. Working my way, go. trying to get on up there. Then I, I can ask you all the technicals. Like exactly. You then you can say the my chart, you could do like Kramer, my chart master told yeah. me. or yeah. My chart Money guy Mitch. told me. <laughs> 
Yeah, we're working sure. our way, baby. And you know where you Congrats, guys can, Mitch. That's awesome, buddy. Yeah, working our way like always, uh, like always trying to improve. Now, one thing I will tell you guys, if you guys want to learn some of these things that we, we talk about, of course, on the charts, come to the swing trading event with pre-market prep hosted by Spencer Israel, Joe Alconin, Dennis Dick and Rob Friesen. I, I love watching Rob all the time because I feel like Rob trades a lot like I do. He, he he focuses a lot on seasonality, relationships, what is working, what's not. Um, and paying attention to that is always important. Dennis, like always, a master at the pairs. And, and this is something that I'm still trying to learn. So I think you guys come on over there, premarketprep.com. And I think PMP10, is it for the discount? Yeah, PMPP10. I think they put uh, an PMP. Extra PP in yeah, there. yeah. There's, a, there's another PMP. P in there. I don't know what the extra P is doing in there, but that, that, we'll say that, that was Joel. Don't worry that. about it. <laughs> so, PMPP10 gets you 10 percent off. So okay, thanks, come on guys. over, guys. Have we'll a good see one. you on over. All right, next up, you guys got live trading with, of course, Zunaid. I and uh, you got Lord Ryan there. One thing I do want to mention is we've been looking at these stocks that you guys are calling out. Those big movers. So if you want to go to somewhere where you guys can trade with people that are going to try to keep it, you know, level headed, come on over to live trading. This is what it's all about. Uh, I know Ryan and I had our best month in July. So we're looking to continue the streak going here. August 2nd. Let's dive into some trading action. Come on over to live trading. Don't miss it, guys. If you guys are going anywhere else, you're probably doing the wrong thing. So I'll see you guys over in a couple seconds. Let's go ahead and do some live trading action. Saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.